I hear millennials and Gen Zers say, well, Christianity shouldn't be a religion of no's. I don't know about that. Is that true? We're going to see John, Jesus' best friend, who was all about really love and loving better. We're going to see him say something along those lines. Yeah, I think the Gen X or the... The millennials got it from the Gen Xers who got it from the baby boomers who got it from the builders who I think it goes all the way back that, that well, you know, the legalism of the probably of the builders, that generation was was pretty bad. Yeah. But my generation, man, oh, man, was a total rebellion against any kind of rules when it comes to Christianity. So yeah. we, we've passed it on to the rest of you. We'll see what John has to say yeah. about it. You're listening to Between the Lines. I'm Junior. And I'm Scott. And I'll start reading in verse one. My dear children, I am writing this to you so that you will not sin. There we go. There it is. Honestly, I mean, that's where I got it from, that, yeah. that hook. It's just like, and I do think sometimes Christians, you know, and, and maybe the best of hearts, hey, we love Jesus, we want to follow Jesus, but and do we hate sin enough to be like, I want to say no to myself. I need mm-hmm. to say no to the flesh. I love, Dad, we were in a meeting earlier with uh, Bob Hassel, who yeah. you went to college with, and I, I loved one of the lines he said in that meeting, is he had said, your job most of the days is just to say no to your flesh. Mm-hmm. But often we just go throughout our day saying yes to our flesh, eat mm-hmm. this, do that, lay here, you know, whatever. And then there's like this, some big sin. Well, because we're just so used to saying yes of to our flesh. Of course you're going to give in then. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, we're supposed to say no to our sin. Mm-hmm. There is this idea of holiness is all about being set apart and saying no to the things that other people say yes yeah. to. And so, the process of that has got to be replacing that with something that is beneficial, yeah. something that is going to be honoring to God. Right. So always looking for the replacement. Yeah. But but yes, and that doesn't give us salvation. Is the negative is the is an important part of the positive. And it does not give us salvation. No. But we do this because Jesus has freed us. So why are we going to say yes to the chains that He freed us from? Yeah. And again, He continues. But if anyone does sin, we have an advocate who pleads our case before the Father. He is Jesus Christ, the one who is truly righteous. He himself is the sacrifice that atones for our sins, that covers, this word atone, atone means, and not only our sins, but the sins of the whole world. And we can be sure that we know him if we obey his commandments. So this is what this is where the security of our salvation it comes in, that if we're obeying him and if we're following him and truly doing what the scripture says is right, then that gives us some security in knowing that, oh yeah, I do belong to him. If someone claims I know God but doesn't obey God's commandments, that person is a liar and is not living in the truth. But those who obey God's word truly show how completely they love him. This is how we know that we are living in him. Those who say they live in God should also live their lives as Jesus did. But loving God isn't just like this feeling that we're supposed to feel of like, no. oh, I'm just feeling like, you know, God is so great. I mean, that's a great feeling sometimes. Sometimes you can feel that, you know, in worship or you're reading God's word and, you know, just like it strikes you how how big he is and how great he is. But we show our love to God through obedience. Mm-hmm. Verse 6 then, so those who say they live in God should live their lives as Jesus did. Verse 7, dear friends, I am not writing a new commandment to you. Rather, this is an old one that you have heard from the beginning. This old commandment to love one another is the same message you heard before. It is also new. Jesus lived the truths of this commandment, and you also are living it. For the darkness disappearing, and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I'm living in the light but hates a fellow believer, that person is still living in darkness. Anyone who loves a fellow believer is living in the light and does not cause others to stumble. Because you're actually, what you're doing then is you're putting away your selfish nature and instead you're serving unconditionally other people. That's what love is. It's 
it's doing what is beneficial for others dis- without expecting anything in return. So it's not because they deserve it or because you have these feelings towards them, but it's that absolute commitment to the well-being of another person. For the darkness is disappearing and the true light is already shining. If anyone claims I... Yeah, verse already, 11. Yeah. You know, I had somebody tell me they, they, they laugh every time I get off verse. Uh, which, <laughs> so they, they laugh a lot during this podcast. Right. <laughs> but anyone who hates a fellow believer is still living and walking in darkness. Such a person does not know the way to go, having been blinded by the darkness. I'm writing to you who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven through Jesus. I'm writing to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young in the faith because you have won your battle with the evil one. And I have written to you who are God's children because you know the Father. I've written to you who are mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I have written to you who are young in the faith because you are strong. God's word lives in your hearts and you have won the battle with the evil one. Why don't you pick up verse 15 then? Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. I think we talked about this when we went through this last week. But uh, that's an important verse, and it was a, yeah. a, a, a kind of a thinking change verse for me when I was young and first came across this. Now, we have to understand what it means to love the world. We're not talking about God's love for the world in his redemption story, but it's the values of the world. Yeah, the culture. Rather than wanting to fit in with the trends and to follow after what we see in the media and our you know, the, the popular politics, television shows I, and all of that stuff. Yeah. One of my favorite lines. Uh, so one of my favorite Christian artists is Rich Mullins mm-hmm. died in the nineties, but he had a line in a song that said the world can't stand what it cannot own. Oh yeah. And it couldn't own Jesus. So it couldn't stand Jesus. Right. And as believers, we should be people who the world can't own you because there's nothing in this world that, that, you know, that should uh, vie for our and affection. Yet that's a constant temptation because most of us know whoever, you know, and we listen to the popular music and watch the popular movies and all of that. And it's, we very quickly get drawn in. Yeah. So the world offers only a craving for the physical pleasure, a craving for everything we see and pride in our achievements and possessions. These are not from the Father, but from the world. And this world is fading away along with everything that people crave. But anyone who does what God, what pleases God will live forever. Mm. Dear, dear children, the last hours here, you've heard that the Antichrist is coming and already many such Antichrists have appeared from this, we know that the last hour has come. These people left our churches, but they never really belonged to us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. This is sometimes a hard concept to grasp, but yeah. I'll just say as a pastor, it can be freeing sometimes. Because when people leave church, it can be, used to be far, at least for me, it used to be far more hurtful than maybe it is today. Not, I'm saying it doesn't mm-hmm. ever hurt, but you know, people take off and it's like, oh, how could they? And I think John's just kind of like, you know what? Not everybody's going to stick. Yeah. And when people just decide to get up and leave, they don't want to do this anymore. It's like, well, they, they were never really with us. Yeah. And it, it, it is hurtful, though, in the sense that I really feel for them that yeah. what what's going to transpire in their own lives and what's actually going on that yeah. uh, caused But no that. personal offense is my, my no, point. No, know, no, it's just, yep. it's just no. No, I care about them. I care about for the course. I care about them. Yeah, and I for, wish in some yeah. ways. But you are not like that for the. Holy one has given you his spirit and all of you know the truth. So I am writing to you, not because you don't know the truth, but because you know the difference between truth and lies. And who is a liar? Anyone who says that Jesus is not the Christ. Anyone who denies the father and the son is an antichrist. Anyone who denies the son doesn't have the father either. But anyone who acknowledges the son has the father also. You must remain faithful to what you have been taught from the beginning. If you do, you will remain in fellowship with the son and with the father. 
and in this fellowship we enjoy the eternal life he promised us. I am writing these things to warn you about those who want to lead you astray. But you have received the Holy Spirit, and he lives within you. So you don't need anyone to teach you what is true, for the Spirit teaches you everything you need to know. And what he teaches is true, it's not a lie. So just as he taught you, remain in fellowship with Christ. And now your children remain in fellowship with Christ, so that when he returns, you'll be full of courage and not shrink back from him in shame. Since we know that Christ is righteous, we also know that all who do what is right are God's children. Yeah, I love that, uh, that closing concept of the confidence we can have when Jesus returns if we are living to please him. So it's more about just a transference into another realm and not this major change. Well, we are in Proverbs 26. Uh, by the way, I, I trust everything went well for you with your Christmas gathering. Some of you may still be off work for the, I don't know, this week. Some people, in fact, take the week off because their kids are off school. And whatever you've got going on, I think uh, this is a good verse as a reminder for us for all of our interactions and our families and among friends or if you're back to work again. And that is verse 12. It says, there is more hope for fools than for people who think they are wise. <laughs> because that's actually the definition of a fool is somebody who thinks that they're wise. And so we should always be taking in wisdom, always be learning, always be looking for advice. And it seems like it's a reoccurring you know, we, we talk about that a lot here in between the lines because we keep going through Proverbs. But and, and the reason we want to repeat Proverbs, and I've been reading this my whole life, and I know that I need this reminder every single day to have a craving for wisdom, making good decisions based on the fear of God and having the Holy Spirit in me and doing what is right and doing what is thoughtful, having well, wisdom, not feelings. And let me contextualize this, too, to make this uber practical. Yeah. This... Because and, and we see this, and sometimes it's so frustrating. You see people make like massive decisions. Oh, they're just going to move, or they're going to switch churches, or you know they're just going to switch jobs. And it's like, did you talk to anybody about that decision at all? And, and mm. if you didn't, and if you just talked to people who knew you, you know, they just agree with you, then you think you are wise, yeah. and you're you're acting yes. very foolish. Yeah. That it is wisdom, and Proverbs is littered with this. Yeah. It is wisdom to go to your leaders and to just bounce ideas off of. Yeah, go to some people that are going to make you think differently than, yeah. and rather than just going to somebody where you, that's our tendency to go to somebody where I think they're going to agree with me. Yeah. Or finding, you know, trying to find people that agree with you on making a decision. Right. All right, International Day of what? Day after Christmas. That's kind of weird. It's uh, Day after Christmas is National Candy Cane Day. I would have figured it would be before, but that's (laughs) what everybody's saying. It's National Candy Cane Day. We shared with the legend of the candy cane in our Christmas Eve services. Yeah, if you were there, you heard it. It was kind of cool. That was kind of fun. If you weren't at our Christmas Eve services, shame on you. And I guess you just won't know. (laughs) The legend of the candy cane. Yep, this is going to be done, and you're going to be wondering, what is the legend of the candy cane? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, hey, make it a good day today. And we will see you tomorrow. God bless.